Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Peches in Maseches Bavakama. Andrew, do you mind if we start four lines down with the two dots on the top of Peches Amida? Aleph? Three lines down. Uh, four lines down. Hachovel Be'evit Kenani Shalacherim. Okay, so what happens there? You see where I am? Uh-huh. Okay. The Mishnah had said that if a person wounds a slave, of someone, uh, an Ebed Kanani of someone else, you're going to be Chayev for Nezek. Uh, Rabbi Huda, incidentally, in the Mishnah, had said, you're going to be Chayev all the five payments aforementioned in this Perak except for Boshes, you know, and we'll discuss why. We're not going to discuss it today, but, right? They're not going to be, uh, you're not going to be embarrassing uh, them. Maybe they have less shame, as it were. Okay. So that's what the Mishnah had said. Um, this is in contrast, uh, if you might, you might remember, uh, at the very end of the Mishnah where it says that if you wound his own Evan Kanani, you're going to be potter from all those things, and, and we'll see why. But if you wound someone else's Evan Kanani, you're going to be chayev for the five or four things. Now, the Gemara asks, my time at the Rabbi Huda, what would be the reason why you're not going to be chayev for the Evan's Boshes? Okay, that's the question. Now, we had said, well, maybe they have no shame, but... That's what we call a balabatish reason. We need to have a source for this. And what's the source? Amar Kara, the Pasuk says, Ki natsu anashim yachdav ish ve'achiv. So the Pasuk that discusses Nezek, like the central Pasuk in Devarim, right, says, when people are fighting, I'll just read the Pasuk. V'karva eshe sa'echad lahatzil es isha miyad makeo v'shalchai adav v'hechzika bim v'shav. Okay, it's a... Uh, it's an odd scenario where in an attempt, right, to break up, you remember what, what happened here? The, the woman, it's a little bit like a Jerry Springer episode. Uh, the woman is trying to break up a fight between the two men, uh, her husband and another dude, and she grabs one of the, the, the dude that's in the fight, Bim Vushav, in his place of humiliation, okay? So humiliation is included in that story. Another thing that's included in that story is This is only applicable if the scuffle, as it were, is between two people who are as the Gemara continues to say Alright, so Rashi uh, Well, first the Gemara says It has to have Achva says the Gemara okay. This is to exclude an Eved that it has no Achva In other words the same Pasuk that mentions Boshes, as in Bimvushav, is mentioning Achva. What's Achva? Brotherhood. What's brotherhood? Well, presumably it's, it's got to be, it's got to be, well, that's what we don't know. What is brotherhood? Rashi is going to say, Am Yisrael, rather, She'en Babakahal. Am Yisrael would also work here, but it means, Ein lo Achva be Im What's Achva? If you can be included in the Shidduch system, if you're marrying, if you're Bo Bakal, Ebekanani does not marry a Jew, and therefore it's not considered part of the Brotherhood, and therefore Boshes does not apply to them. That's the source of Rabbi Huda. Okay, well, that, you know, if Rabbi Huda is able to piece that together, why would the Rabbanon disagree? Ask the Gemara Rabbanon, what are they going to say? They say, Achiv is not mean love of Bakal, but rather Achiv who be mitzvos. Aha. 
Wait a minute. Nebuchadnezzar does mitzvahs? Yes. Nebuchadnezzar does do mitzvahs. I don't know if you do that. Nebuchadnezzar doesn't do necessarily all the mitzvahs. Which does he do? Let's see Rashi again. The mitzvahs. Call mitzvah she'isha chayavas ba, evad chayav ba. The gemar, la la me'isha. And we may have, you may recall, we have learned this already. That in fact, all the mitzvahs that the women are going to be chayavin, not the mitzvah, they're going to be chayavin every love, so they're not allowed to do any of the lotases. And they're going to be put for mitzvahs asesha asman grama, as we've discussed many times. Right, that mitzvah shazman grama, women are putter, Ivan Kanani also going to be putter. But all the lavin, all the mitzvahs to say shazman grama, all of those in Evan Kanani, so long as he's living with his Jewish master, is going to be chayavin. And therefore, that's enough to be considered achiv for purposes of being the payment of boshas. Therein lies the machlokas, Rabbanan, Rabbi Huda, as to whether you would pay boshas for injuring someone else's Evan Kanani. Okay, so now we're going to start really taking this seriously. We're going to say, oh, okay. Rabbi Huda holds that an Evid is not Achiv. And the Rabbana holds that an Evid is Achiv. Is that going to be true categorically for like every other thing in Shas? So let's take a tour through Shas of where, where brotherhood matters. So first of all, what would be the case? Adam Zomimim, as we've already discussed many times, they're coming and they're plotting, they're saying a false testimony. Okay. What happens if they, if they testify against uh, Shmerel's uh, Evid Kanani, against a slave? Well, they are testifying against the slave and they're saying, right, um, that he killed somebody. Okay. And then it turns out that they were lying. They're saying the slave killed somebody. So should you kill the Adam Zomim? Skasher Zomim, says the Gemara. According to Rebihuda, perhaps not. Because Rebihuda holds that an Eved doesn't get Boshes, which means he's not like Achiv. And guess what it says by Edom Zomim? Look at the Pasuk, says the Gemara. Right? So maybe this idea of Achiv would apply to Edom Zomim as well. And therefore, when it comes, Kasher Zomim Lasos Achiv, Edom Zomim maybe should only be punished for what they plotted to do against a member of Achiv, which Rebihuda holds, is. Excluding an avid Kanani. So the Gemara said, right? So that's what's going on. Okay. So, fact of the matter is, Rashi already gives it away and says, uh, well, we said in Masechas Makos and Davches, which we'll God, God willing see, that a Jew is loka and gola ayyade avid, that it's not true. So, what would be who to do with this halacha that, you could, that if you're an Azomim against, Right, and Evan Kanani, you do get Kasher Zamam. So the Gemara answers him, Rav Amar Sheshes, Amar Kra, Uviyarata Harab Becha. Yeah. You got to look at that Pasuk, right? And that Pasuk, it says, it's in Devarim Yotes, Vasisim Lo, Kasher Zamam, Lasus Laachiv, Uviyarata Harab Becha. That's the whole Pasuk. So once you read that whole Pasuk, Viyarata Harab Becha means, you know what, this is an evil from within your midst, which implies Mikol Makom. It's such a bad thing. This aid zomimim, this plotting testimony, really is a terrible thing to do, and therefore we got eradicated altogether. And so it's, despite the fact that maybe for other things we won't consider achiv, we are expanding the net of where the Adam zomimim are going to be punished, even to Evid Kanani, because we have to burn this terrible thing from our midst. And so that's how you, Rabbi Huda would explain that the halacha by aid zomimim is indeed 
going to include even an Evan Kanani. Very good. Okay, so Elamayata la Rabbanon. Okay, so according to Rabbanon, who say that Achiv does include an Evan, Evan ye kosher la Malchus. Now we're going to go to the other direction. But again, we're saying this whole thing. Rabbanon say that an Evan is Achiv. Yehuda says an Evan is not Achiv. Says the Gemara, if the Rabbanon hold that an Evan is Achiv, maybe we could make an Evan Kanani a Melech. Really? Um, we know that that's not the case, right? What's the pasuk by Melech? You got to look at Devarim Yudzayin. Says Tzom Tasim Alecha Melech Hashevchar Hashem Alkecha Bamikarev Achicha. Okay, so if you Achiv, bring make the Eved Kanani Melech. It sounds amazing. Uh, it does, however, continue to say Lo Tuchal Latet Alecha Ish Nachri Asher Lo Achicha Hu. But that's okay because Eved Kanani is Achicha. Right, like his brother, who's not an Evakanani, who's just a Shagitz, he's not going to be a Melech. But the Evakanani, once he's there, maybe he is a Chicha, according to the, according to the Rabbanon. So uh, the Gemara says, Amri l'tamech tikshi lach ger hakol. So here we get a little bit off field. What's going on? Tikshi lach ger hakol. In other words, if you're going to say that, let, let's see Rashi. Tikshi lach ger, three, third line down. Okay, let's say you have a ger where the, where, where the parents converted, okay? The fact of the matter is, we know that he's possible machos. And even shotrim, we can't make them shotrim. That in Yavamas, we already learned that that's not the case. Okay, so we have an issue here that not only is an Evid going to be not kashalamachus, but we've already said that there is a halacha by ger, that ger is not kashalamachus. This is going to set us off on a whole thing, Andrew, so I hope you like this topic. The topic is as follows. An Evid Kanani has uh, very specific uh, halachas. And a ger, obviously, has, is, is considered a full-fledged Jew, but with regards to lineage, as we know, a ger, right, shenisgayer, kakatan shenola dummy. That a ger, right, lineage-wise, is like a new person, right? You don't connect him to his past. He's like a new being. So now watch this. What we're doing now is going to compare the Evid Kanani to the ger, as follows. It says the Gemara, When it came to the ger, okay, we said the reason why a ger is disqualified from becoming a melech is because the, the Pasuk says, Mikere vachecha. That's how we understood it in the context of Ger. So if you're learning the sugi of who can become king, you want to make somebody uh, king, you, you, the first thing you learn is you don't even pay attention to the Evakanani. The first thing you learn is we have some Gerim here. Can they become king? They're Jews. They're getting aliyahs and shul. They may even be the rabbi of the shul, but they cannot be, right, the melech because of the Pasuk of Mikere and what we learned with the context of Ger is says the Gemara right? doesn't just mean amidst any one of your brothers but it has to be the elite sort of like the genealogically elite alright well if it's the genealogically elite then it has to be like the finest pedigree and that doesn't sound like it would include uh, Avakanani Okay, so that is that is going to be difficult to say that achicha is achicha in every context according to the rabbanon, 
Um, well, not necessarily according to Melech, because obviously Melech has a higher standard. Melech has a standard where even a ger can't be a Melech. Okay. Says the Gemara, Elamatal Arbanon Eved Kasher Laedus. Okay, so let's get out of Melech, because Melech is obviously only for the genealogically purest, the pure bloods, as it were. But what about Aedus? Now we're getting into interesting discussion here. And Evid should be Kasher Laedus. Why not? It says, after all, the Pasuk says, In the context of Aedus, we talk about, right, the Pasuk in the Varim Yates again, talking about Aedus that, that is one brother against another. If, according to the Rabbanon, a slave is a brother, he should be Kasher Laedus. But we know that an Evid Kanani is not Kasher Laedus. We've already said that. Because of the Xer Shavu to a woman, we know that women are not kosher la'edus. They have the same level of mitzvah observance, and they have the same level of edus, right? Isha, a cotton, an eved knani. They're not kosher la'edus. So again, this challenges the rabbanon's notion that an eved is like an ach, because that's where we have the pasuk of achiv. So Amar Ula, what will be the answer for the rabbanon? Amar Ula, edus lo matzis amart. You can't say that a slave is eligible to give Aedus. That the reason we know that an Eved can't give Aedus is despite the fact that it says Achiv and typically the Rabbanon would therefore say that he can give Aedus. Once we know that an Isha can't give Aedus, we have to learn the Kalvachomer. What's the Kalvachomer? Says the Gemara, Just like a woman that obviously can marry anyone, right? Obviously, there is a shidduch crisis, but they're all eligible. And she, we know, is Pasolaitis. We have that from the Amdushne Ha'anashim. We've learned that in in Maseches Shavuos, right? And so, therefore, we already have a source that women cannot give Aedis. And yet, they are uh, eligible to get married. So, an Eved, which cannot be married, is obviously on a lower status as far as being part of the crew than a woman, and therefore certainly should be Pasul Laedus. Says the Gemara, really? Maybe that's not true. This is a, a funny kind of Kalvachomer, uh, a refutation to the Kalvachomer, but the real refutation is like this. A woman, it is true that she is uh, eligible for marriage. To any any Jewish woman is eligible for marriage to a Jewish man, assuming they're you know not krovim and all that. But and no kohanim and all that. But the point is that women are mutter lavavikal, but they don't have one mitzvah that an eved kanani that's a male does have, which is they don't have bris mila. What does that What does that mean? It means that they're not exactly identical. In other words, an Evid has an extra mitzvah that a woman doesn't have. So maybe another difference between an Evid and a woman is that an Evid can testify and a woman cannot. That, that's how you refute that, okay? Um, says the Gemara, katan yochiach. So let's bring in a katan, because we know that a woman and a katan both cannot give edus. So maybe the fact that a woman, uh, a katan can't give edus should be a reason why an Evid can't, uh, also can't give edus because a katan if he's a male, also doesn't, uh, has a bris mila. He gets a bris mila, right? and he can't give edus, so therefore maybe they have a kanani, similarly to a katan, despite the fact that they bring a bris mila, they're pasul edus. But of course, 
a katan doesn't have any of the mitzvahs that the woman even has. Says Gemara, Mala katan chain of a mitzvah, stomach bevet you mitzvahs. Right? Obviously, they're different because it's true that the katan has a mitzvah bismillah, but it doesn't have any of the other mitzvahs. That's unique to a katan. So, an Evid is not exactly like an Isha because he has the mitzvah brismila. He's not like a katan because he has all the other mitzvahs. So maybe even though a woman and an Evid, I'm sorry, even though a woman and a katan cannot bring edus, maybe an Evid could. So it's a gemar Isha tochiach sheishem b'mitzvah subsula edus. So now we're now we're in a washing machine effect, right? Now we just keep going uh, in an endless kind of. Uh, circle here, doing laps around back, going back to Nisha, where she's, she has mitzvahs and is possible edus. So now we're going back and forth about whether the Evid is more like an Isha or more like a Katan. At the end of the day, Chazar Din is the washing machine effect. We're saying that this is an endless, we're now getting into an argument loop here, where the obvious conclusion is that, as we've said before, the, right, and we talked about this, we're doing Bavakama, so we're doing the chain Beregel and Karen and the very shades of the very first Dapim in Bavakama. That, in fact, Evid and woman and Katan are all unique in their own ways, right? Lori Zekri Zev, Lori Zekri Zev. Each one has their own category, but that's Sada Shavashabaham, but what can be compared, what Sada Shavah would mean, that even though Evid Kanani is not exactly like a woman, it's not exactly like a Katan, when you take the woman and the cotton as the aggregate and their commonality, and you compare it to the Evid, you could see that indeed both the cotton and the woman are not included in every mitzvah. And it is for that reason that they're not that they're puzzled to testify. So therefore, who's also not included in every mitzvah? The Evid Kanani. Says the Gemara, Afani Right? Because the Evid Kanani is not included in every mitzvah. He has the, he has the, uh, all the mitzvahs of woman plus one, namely, good morning, has all the mitzvahs of the woman. It's great, great to see you. Welcome back. Um, she continue in good health and they have an esrim with uh, vigor, vitality. So all the, all the, all the mitzvahs of the woman plus one, namely, bris milah, and, and then still, because he does not have all the mitzvahs, the Eved, Kenani Barry, is Pasal Le'edus. The Gemara is going to object to that as well. Mahat Sova, Shavah Shabahem, Shekane Eno Ish, Tomer Be'evet Shu Ish. You know what? There's another commonality that the Katan and the woman have, which is they're not an adult male. But that's one thing that the Eved does have. He's an adult male. So maybe in order to give Edus, you have to be an adult male. So maybe the Evid Kanani, since he is an adult male, should in fact right, be able to give Edus um, because of the fact that he's an adult male. So we are 13 lines up from the, well, 16 lines up from the very widest lines. I'm going to say Elatesi Megazlan. Uh, how did we get here, Barry? Just to review. It's good to review it anyways. Uh, there was Machlokas in our Mishnah, Okay, whether you pay boshes to an Evid. The Pasuk said to an Evid Kanani, right? If one injures an Evid Kanani, does he have to pay him boshes? So the Pasuk said, uh, the, the Mishnah has a machlokas, Rabban and Rabbi Huda. Rabban hold, yes, because he's like Achiv. Okay, Achiv means in the context of the Pasuk, 
right, that he's one of, one of us. And Rabbi Yudah says, he's not like one of us, and therefore you don't pay Bosha. So now we're going, taking a tour through Shas of where an Evid Kanani would be considered Achiv and where he would not. So right now we're holding by Edus. We know that an Evid Kanani is Pasal Edus. So why would there a Bonan who consider him Achiv say that he's Pasal Edus? Says the Gemara. So we tried to compare him to a Katan and an Isha that we know are Pasal Edus, but we said it's not good enough because even though a Katan and an Isha and an Evid Kanani don't all do all the mitzvahs, and therefore maybe there's a commonality, there's a big difference between an Evid Kanani and an Isha and a Katan in the sense that an Isha and a Katan are not adult males. But the Evan Kanani is an adult male, so maybe he should be. If he's Achiv and he's an adult male, maybe he should be Kashir Laedus according to the Bonan. So the Gemara Lateis him a Goslin. Let's look at the Goslin. What's the Goslin? Rashi? Says the Rashi, the Roy Lova Bakal, Upasulaidus. Right? It says, Al Tashes Yadcha. Right? You're not allowed to. Right? Al Tashes Yadcha im Rashal Yos Aid Hamas. Right? So, you're not allowed to. Right, place your hand on a Russia. A goslin is pasul edus. That's the bottom line. Okay, so you have a kavachomer. A goslin is roy love of a kal, and he can get married, but he can't testify. So wouldn't you say kavachomer that an avid kanani who's not mutter love of a kal, as Rashi says, that he cannot bring edus? So the gemara mal a goslin shekain masav garmulo tom revin shemasav garmulo says that's two different things. Why can a goslin not give edus? Because he's a lowlife. Maisav Garmulo. It's because of his degenerate behavior. And it's for that reason you can't give Adas. We don't trust him. He's a degenerate. This has nothing to do with Avid Kanani. Avid Kanani can be a tzaddikal, right? We know Tevi, Avid, uh, right? The, the Avid was a, was a gadol. So the, at a certain point, you have to consider their credibility when giving Adas. And you can't compare a goslin to an Avid Kanani. An Avid Kanani can be a tzaddik. So you can't compare the two. So we still don't know why an Eva Kanani, if they're born and considered him an Achiv, why he would be postulated. Oh, so we do one of these hybrid mishmash limudim, where you take Goslin, that's also that, that's Motelavabakal, and add it either a Katon or a, or an Isha, and you take their common, right, what we call a Tzad HaShava, Shabahen, Right, the common denominator, put it all together, and it is for that reason that the, um, that the Evid Kanani is going to be not mutter to give the Edus. Right, that's what Rashi says. The Tzad HaShava is that they don't do all the mitzvahs. They're not Zahirim in all the mitzvahs. It's a fascinating lashon of Rashi. Right? The Gazlan is Mitzvah in all the mitzvahs, but he's not Zahir in all the mitzvahs, right? He's Mitzvah in all the mitzvahs, but he doesn't care that much because obviously he's not, he's avoiding, he's, um, right, disregarding some of those mitzvahs, and therefore he's going to be, he's going to be uh, not allowed to give Edus, and like a woman or a Katan who's not Mitzvah in all the mitzvahs, they're also not going to be Chayev to, they're not allowed to give testimony, and you put it all together, that's why an Evid Kanani cannot give Edus. That's where we're up to now. Now, Marbury, the Ravina, Amar, a different reason why an Evid Kanani cannot give Edus. Amar Kra, Lo Yumsu Avos Albanim. Because now we're going to get into this uh, Pasuk. What does Lo Yumsu Avos Albanim mean? This is a Pasuk in Dvarm Chaf Dalid, right? That we learn from there that um, a father and a, uh, uh, that relatives can't give Edus on each other. Lo Yumsu Avos Albanim. 
that fathers should not be put to death because of the testimony of their children, right? As the Rashi says, Lo yumas shum adam al pi misha'in v'no miyuchas, right? V'nikra al shem avi v'hainu eved. Aha. So now they're going to learn it a little bit different. The Pasuk says, that's what the Pasuk is supposed to mean, that you're not supposed to put someone to death by testimony of a relative. But as Rashi explains, also, if it's not miyuchas, right, and it's an Eved, that you can't accept that testimony. That's what Rashi is now, the Gemara is now going to start picking apart this Pasuk. It says, Lo yumso api chayim bonim. I'm sorry, chayis banim. Chayis banim is a yichus, okay? A yichus means a, uh, a connection, a genealogical connection. So, you can't put anybody to death, right, through the testimony who of, of fathers, in lahem chayis banim, with a genealogical relationship to their son. That's very specific. That is Evid Kanani. And now we're going to get back to, we were doing this a little bit before, Barry, we're, we're going to start really putting together the difference between an Evid Kanani and a Ger. A Ger is a full-fledged Jew. He could be, he could give an aliyah, he could even be the rabbi of the shul, but he has no connection to his past. He's Kekotan Shanola dummy, right? He has no connection to his past. Uh, so he has no uh, halachic connection to his parents, as it were, right? As far as genealogically, a Evid Kanani has no halachic genealogical uh, connection to his children. Okay, so like, they belong to the master, not very PC, but you know what I mean. So it says like this: the Yumsu Alpi means that you cannot put anyone to death if the testifier, the witness. Has no yichus to his children. That's an evikinani. The because if right, you think that all it means is what it said in Sanhedrin, which is that relatives cannot testify. It would not have said lo yumsu avos al banim, right? Then lo yumsu avos al banim beedus banim, right? If that's what you think that it means, that lo yumsu avos al banim. It means what we thought it meant in Sanhedrin, that it just means that sons can't testify on their fathers, against their fathers. Right? Then you just would say that, that the fathers can't be put to death um, by testimony of their sons. Is what it would have said. My banim. Why did it say? So again, this is one of those things where you have a limud that is not necessarily intuitive. But the Gemara is nevertheless saying that instead of, by saying banim instead of nehem, it's trying to teach you something. What is trying to teach you? Says the Gemara, Shema Minah, we learn from it, That's what it's trying to teach you. By That language teaches you that anybody who doesn't have a genealogical connection to their children, which is to say an Evakanani, is unfit to give edus. Wow. So that's what we learned that Evak can't bring edus. Elamiyatu says the Gemara, what about the continuation of the Pasuk? The Pasuk continues, it says, right? It's vice versa, right? A father can't testify to his son, a son can't testify on his father. So, maybe people should not be able to be put to death by their testimony of if they have no genealogical connection to their parents. Wait a minute. Is it true that a ger can't testify? In other words, it doesn't mean that a ger is testifying on his parents. The point is, a ger, by virtue of not having a genealogical connection to his father, 
maybe should not be able to testify at all. Right? Because after all, if you're going to say, the Pusik says a, a son can't testify on a father, a father can't testify on a son. Right? So we're taking it, and it's the same language, in the same format. So we just said that we learned that if you don't have a genealogical connection to your son, which is to say if you're an Evakanani, you can't make a testimony. So we should say the same thing, that if you have no genealogical connection to your father, you also should, can't bring testimony if we're going to extend it that way. The fact of the matter is, that an Evakanani can't bring Adis, but a Ger can. So how do you understand the Pasuk? So the Gemara, Amri Hachi Hashta. Can you really make a, an analogy from the, from the Ger to the Evid Kanani? Ger, it is true that a Ger has no connection to his parents, genealogically. But with his children, he certainly does. And that's excluding an Nebuchadnezzar, because an Nebuchadnezzar not only has no connection to his children, he also has no connection to his parents. After all, by definition, he's not Jewish, right, to begin with. So he certainly has no connection to his parents, so one cannot be compared to the other. What's unique about Evan is he has no connection to his children. That's a big Kiddush, unlike a Ger. But Evan has no connection at all, and therefore certainly an Evan is not, you're not going to say that that's the converse of a, of a Ger. Right, okay. And now... It says like this, because if you would have said that a ger is puzzled leedus, so wait a minute. Maybe you would have say that why? Why does the Torah have to teach you both? Maybe the pasuk could have said lo yumsu avos al and it doesn't. So lo yumsu beedus banim, benichta vachonu vanim lo yumsu al avos, lo yumsu beedus banim. That 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 means if you would have thought that the Torah is teaching you. We're just basically going to spell out what we already know we want to say, which is that if you would have thought that the Pasuk says, Lo yimsu that's what the Pasuk should have said, and it would have taught you, Lo yimsu banim. what the Pasuk shot is, the Pasuk is that the parents can't be put to death by the testimony of their children. And yet, the, the, in that case, the Torah could write, the Vanim should not be put to death by uh, by testimony of their parents, the shamas minatrei. You would have learned from that two things. Chada lo One is that testimony of parents does not put, or fathers, as it were specifically, since uh, Isha is also not kosher leidus, but testimony of fathers cannot put their children to death. And also you would have learned, right, that you can't be put through death through the testimony of Sons who have no genealogical connection to their parents, which is to say, the gerim. Okay? And then we would have learned an Evakanani as a Kavachomer from ger. Right? We can have this Kavachomer, just like a ger, right, that has no connection to his past, but he has certainly a connection to his future. He's definitely his children, he's full fledged Jew, so his children are certainly genealogically, halachically connected to him. And yet, a ger is pasaleidus, right? It would have been obvious that if the ger was pasaleidus, certainly you would not have needed the pasuks, both aspects of the pasuk, because you would have known for sure that Evakanani would be pasaleidus, right? So it's just like if a ger were to be pasaleidus, and certainly Evachain lochai solamal lamata, eno dinche pasaleidus, right? And certainly an Evakanani there who has no connection neither to his past nor to his future halachically, genealogically, certainly he's going to be pasaleidus. From the fact that the Pasuk says, no. It says, Lo Yumsu Avos Abanim, right? Which teaches you that you can't be put to death, Api Avos 
that have no connection to their children, which is to say, Evikanani, from that, then it's only an Evid, since he has no connection, neither to his past parents nor to his children. There he is Pasaladis of Alger, but Alger, since he, despite having no connection to his parents, has connection to his children, he's indeed Kashalaidis. So this was, again, a long form way of explaining the Limud. The Limud is that you cannot compare the, the that the Nebuchadnezzar is, is Pasaladis, and even though it sounds like um, in the opposite direction, a Gerubi Pasaladis, we see that the Pasa could have been structured differently. And we would have learned, if we would have learned the Pasuk to teach you, there's just a summary of what we just, last few lines, if we would have uh, taught, learned the Pasuk to teach you that a ger is, is Pasal Le'edus, then certainly we would have not had to learn the Eved because that would have been a Kavachomer. And that is our proof that it can't be teaching you that a ger is Pasal Le'edus. It must be, right? And, and therefore it must be that a ger is Kasher Le'edus. And that the Pasuk is only teaching you that an Evid is Pasal Edus. Fine. Now you're just going to say, wait a minute. The Gemara is just going to resolve one last thing, which is, what about the uniformity of the Pasuk, of the structure? In other words, right, the Pasuk confused us because he used the same Lashon of Banim, right? Both for the direction of the fathers to sons and sons to fathers, and that really threw us into this whole uh, confusion. Why did the Torah do that, right? Why did, do, why did the Pasuk say, say it, which confuses it to thinking that a ger would not be able to give aid us. Says the Gemara, what we often say, that I did the Chasav Lo Yimso Avos Albanim, Chasav Nami Vanim Lo Yimso Avos. Yeah, we kept it uniform. Once we had in the first uh, part of the Pasuk that clearly was referring to Evan Kananim, we kept it uniform, we kept it right parallel uh, by saying the Hemshech of the Pasuk in sort of like this poetic symmetry. Uh, but we didn't mean to confuse you. Ma- I'm sorry, we didn't mean to confuse you. And even though that the poetic symmetry ended up confusing us to thinking that maybe Gera is also Pasal Laedus, it's not. Okay, and therefore it's only the Evakinani that's Pasalatus and not the Ger. Fine. So now the two dots, two lines up from the bottom. The Mishnah had said, Pagyasan Ra is a funny thing. It's saying that it's bad when a Kherishot of a Katan, the Allah is always going to be bad for you. It's always going to turn out bad for you. Why? Because you're always going to pay for Nezik that you're going to do to them. But they never, they're, they're not accountable for their stuff. So they're not going to be paying you if they do nezek to you. That's what it means by Pekiyas and Ra, right? You damage them, you're going to pay them. They damage you, they're not going to pay you. Now the Gemara is going to go on a whole uh, discussion that seems like a tangent. has to do with Takanas Usha. Today we're not going to be Zoha on this daf to bring it back to what this has to do with Cheresh Shatavakatan and Ra. God willing, tomorrow we'll have that opportunity. But let's... Let's start with the story time, the discussion. Okay, Rav Shmuel Bar Abba, okay, had a mother. She uh, ended up remarrying, okay? So obviously Shmuel's father was Abba from Agronia, but she married another guy, Rabbi Abba. She liked guys called Abba, okay? So the second husband was also Rabbi Abba, Okay. Now, when she did, when she got remarried, because Rav Shmuel Bar Abba Barah, she, while she was alive, 
gave like a living will, uh, writing, but not even a will, writing over her property to Shmuel Bar Abba. Why? She didn't want, if anything would happen to her, to go to her, her new Abba husband, but she wanted to go to her son, Rav Shmuel Bar Abba. And then sure enough, she died. So now, as we turn to Perchel Sumabes, what happened when she died? Also, Rav Shmuel Bar Abba, Kameda Rav Yirmi Bar Abba, Big Tzadik. I don't know how all these people are related, honestly. Rav Shmuel Bar Abba went to Rav Yirmi Bar Abba. Is that his brother? Anyway, he went for Halacha. I think that's Chashev, right? He could have just said, hey, my mother wrote it to me and taken the money. But no, he wanted to, to the opinion of a rabbi. And Ukman Ben sure enough, Rav Yirmi Abba said, you're the rightful owner of this property. Now, this is controversial because the Abba, the new Abba, the new husband, wasn't so sure. Azul Rabbi Abba, Amr Lamilsa Kameder of Oshia. Rabbi Abba went and told his rabbi that his, right, his stepson got his, his, his wife's money. So Azul Rabbi Oshia, Amr Kameder of Yehuda. Rabbi is like, oh, this is above me. I'm going to go to Rabbi Yehuda. Amr Lehi, Rabbi Yehuda said to him, Hachi Amr Shmuel. This is what Shmuel said. Isha Shemachor B'Nichsi Melog B'Chaye Balo Mesa Habal Motsi Miyad Al Kuchos. What's going on here? A woman, right? Now, in the Ksuba, in the marriage contract, as we've said, there's Nichsi Son Barzel and Nichsi Melog. In Nichsi Son Barzel, that a woman brings into a marriage, uh, upon the severance of the marriage, She's, if she's alive, right, so if the husband predeceases her or divorces her and gives her ksuba, he's going to give her back at the same exact value, tzon barzel means it doesn't change, same exact value that she brought into the marriage. And nechse melug is more like investment money, and then whatever the husband does with the investment, right, that shows that it really belongs a little bit more to him. Whatever the husband did with the investment, if it appreciated or depreciated, she'll get that, but she doesn't have, she's not um, committed to giving her the same value she brought in. So here we're talking about Nixli Belug. She sold the Nixli Belug, Bechaye Bala. So she took futures, so to speak, and sold them while the husband was alive. And then she predeceased her husband. So now, because she predeceased her husband, remember, Aksuba only gets paid if the husband predeceases or divorces his wife, right? But if she dies first, then the husband doesn't have to pay Aksuba to anybody. She died. So here, she sold the futures, which was going to be her, uh, her nechse malug, but then she predeceased her husband. So guess what? When you buy those futures, you know that the husband is going to take the money from you, right? He's going to take the money, he's going to take the nechse malug back because they don't belong to you because they never did fall to the wife, okay? So similarly, what, so what does that mean? That really means that the husband, that the, that the person who bought it from the woman never really had the rights on it. That the, that person would only really have the rights on it if the husband was going to predecease the wife. But if the wife predeceases the husband, so then, then he doesn't have right. He doesn't have the rights to it. So similarly, how did right? Shmuel, uh, right how did uh, Abba right Shmuel Bar Abba get the money? How can the wife give the money to her son? Uh, if she predeceases said husband, the, the new husband, then really the money goes to the husband. It doesn't belong to the son, right? So, 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 so that's what it means. It means the fact that you can take it out of the kuchos means it doesn't belong to her to give it to him. Oh. So Rav Abba, right, said no. Still, Rav Barava should get it. Why? So they went back to Rav Abba. They said, you know what? Abba should get it. The stepfather should get it, not the stepson. 
So Amar Lahu, Anu Masnisa Yadana. He said to them, I know Mishnah supports my position that you can give it to your son while that the mother can give it to the son while she's still alive. That's not. Because we have a Mishnah. Right? And that Mishnah is in Baba Basra, Daf Kuflamid Vav. And the Mishnah says like this. As Rashi explains, it's it's Zman, right? A person is gonna say, I'm gonna give this to a specific son, uh, upon my death. During that time, right, the son can't sell them because so long as his father's alive, they still are in the possession of the father. And and the father, now that he set aside these nechasim, can't sell the properties because really he had already written them over. In other words, they're already spoken for, so the father can't sell them, right? And they still not, don't belong to the son, so the son can't sell them. However, macharav, let's say the father did go, hell, go, did go ahead and sell them. Mechorim achiyamus, an unbelievable halachas here, that if the father sells these properties, then they are considered sold until he dies. Because once he dies, he had already written them over to the to the son, right? And Machar Abain, however, if the son sells them, right, during this time, again, they've been written over to him, but the father, they're still in the father's possession. So then again, uh, it's going to be the converse. The person who bought it has no access to it until the father dies, at which point it becomes the son, and then the son gets the jurisdiction to sell it. Oh, so Yerim Barber is going to start dissecting this mission of Babasar's father. It says, Kimais of Miha, the Mishnah implies this, this case where the father dies, right? The, the buyer acquired the property. And would you say that even though the son died, let's say what would happen if the son predeceases, right? The father. So wait a minute. The, the son predeceased the father. You, you would say it would go back to the father. No, so he says... So he says, even if it never went through the son, right? That the lokeach would actually get the property, even if the son predeceases the father, and which would mean that the son never obviously inherited it. In other words, the second case is machar ben. The son is the one selling it. Well, guess what? The son is selling something that he never saw in his life. It was something that was coming to him. And yet the sale goes through. Right? In other words, the Gemara said categorically that the sale goes through once the father dies. Well, what if the son predeceased the father? It sounds like the sale would still go through, even though the son sold something that he never got a chance to see. How does that work? Says the Gemara, Shimon ben Lakish. This whole idea is like a Shimon ben Lakish. Right? That it doesn't matter if the son predeceases the, the father. The law also lead the ben. In which case, the son never even saw the property. And it doesn't matter whether the son predeceases the father or the father predeceases the son. Wow, unbelievable. The lokeach would still get the property that the son sold him. Okay. The itmar, why would Shimon bin Lakish hold this? Because it says that That's how we know that there was a machlokas or biyochon and reshlokish about whether the lokeach is kona'et, that was a machlokas that we saw. The case is, again, the son sells it, sells his rights to it while the father's alive, and then he predeceases the father, so he sold something that he never actually saw. Or Yochanan says that, he's, that the, the, the person who bought it from the son doesn't get anything. Reshlokish, however, says that he does. 
Why? And explains the Gemara. Yochanan says that you're not Kone because Yochanan would say to you that when the Mishnah says that in fact the Lokeach does get it, when did he say it? That 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 you don't that the lokeach doesn't get it until the father sa- dies. That's v'chibayis of isa lokeach. That means right. It's only when the father dies and the son is still alive. It's only when the son is still alive that it would work. However, because why? Because the Because it is only in the case where the father predeceases the son that the son ever inherited it. Inherit it. It. And thus had the authority to sell it and to give it over to the Lokeach. However, in contrast of Omesa ben Av, if the son predeceases the father, then the law also the It never got into the son's hands. And therefore, even once the father dies, the Lokeach never gets it because he bought it from a guy who never had any authority to it. Alma Kasavar, what does it show you? The Rabbi Yochanan holds a lumdus bomb. A lumdus bomb. Kenyan Paris, Kenyan Aguf Dummy, as we've seen, that owning the rights to the produce is like owning the essence of the property. And therefore, when the son, the son did not own the Peros. Don't forget. The father gave it over to the son, like in theory. He owned, so the son really owned the, the property down the line, the essence. But he did not have Peros because the father was still, at the time that the son predeceased him, the father was the one that was doing all the investing and actually using, it was his bank account, his active bank account, so to speak. And therefore, the Chizabin lavdi days of him. Therefore, when the son sold it, because Kenyan, uh, Peros, Kenyan, a goof dummy, that means that the father, who's the one, who's the active bank account, what we'll call Kenyan Peros, right? He's the one that's doing the investing in the active bank account. He's the one that owns it. In other words, Andrew, who owns the bank account? The guy who has access to it and is doing the investing or the guy who's got, got it like a name only and can't touch it, that it's for him for the future. So means that the person who's the active owner who has access to it, that's the one that owns the account. Therefore, it's the father that owned the account. Therefore, the son, when he sold it, didn't have uh, authority to sell it. And therefore, if he predeceases the father, that sale will be no good. However, in contrast, Rav Shimon Melakish is going to Omer Kana Lokeach. Why does he hold that the Lokeach holds? Right, because after all, it says, what's that case when it says that the son, right, sold it? Kimayas Av Mias Isa Lokeach. It doesn't matter whether the father predeceases the son or the son predeceases the father. Either way, the is going to be. It means that see, the, the fact that the father was the active owner of the account is not mean like a kinyan aguf. And therefore, that means that when the son was selling it, he was actually selling his own stuff. He actually had, right, the authority to do so. So maybe we should pick up here, eight lines up from the wide, tomorrow, Bezrat Hashem, to discuss the conclusion of this digression and eventually get to the Takanas Usha that has to do with Evid and, uh, with uh, damaging a Evid and a Katan, uh, etc., and a Shota and all that.